0: This podcast is a 3D audio production, so watch out as sounds may seem to come from beside you or behind you. For the best listening experience, please use headphones.
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Hi, Clone Club. It's me again, Marco Palmieri, producer of Realm's Orphan Black, the next chapter. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed Season 2 of the Sustra Saga as much as I did. Now that the season is over we wanted to share with you some special bonus episodes featuring conversations with the creative team behind the next chapter. In today's episode, I give some insight into the making of the show as a producer and spend a lot of time just talking about my love of Orphan Black. I'm sure you can relate. We're always excited to hear from you, so if you haven't already, please connect with us on Twitter at Realm Media or reach out through our website, realm.fm. And if you want a bonus bonus, Stick around to the end of this episode for a sneak peek at another show we think you'll like. But for now, tune into this replay of a recent Instagram live with me.
2: Oh, hey, Marco.
3: Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me?
2: Yes, it's great.
3: Awesome. Awesome.
2: Um, so I, I was just telling everybody about Orphan Black, the next chapter, in case they don't know about it. So. Um, can you kind of give a, an explanation about the show and where people can find it?
3: Sure. Uh, so Orphan Black first and foremost, Orphan Black the next chapter, first and foremost is a fiction podcast. Um and you can it's available anywhere you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple or Spotify or or any other uh, distribution channel like that. Um it's also available on our platform, whitrealm.fm. Um, And more importantly, though, it's in addition to being uh, a fiction podcast, it's the official continuation of the Orphan Black TV series. And I can't understate that, you know, in in any way. I can't can't overstate that. Um, It's it's um, it's it's hugely uh, um, gratifying that we get the uh, approval and uh, support of the folks behind the uh, Orphan Black TV show. And that we got the original cast to join us in uh, producing these uh, these stories.
2: Yeah. So, can you kind of tell us like your origin story? Like, where did you come into <laughs> the project, and um, like when did you first start working on it? And like, what was the process like at that point?
3: Right. Uh, so I came in right about in the middle of the development of season one. Um, another producer had started out the project, but they uh, left the company, and I was the new guy. So I uh, was asked to step in and, and take over. And I was like, "I get to work on Orphan Black. That's freaking amazing!" So, uh, so, so yeah, the the uh, the story of the first season. Uh, was already you know broken down and and uh, you know we had we had a draft of it in and I came in basically to uh, help incorporate the uh, studio notes that were coming in to um, you know work through any remaining wrinkles in the storyline um, tighten up some spots you know basically bit, I I tried my best to uh, support the writers in a project where I was like you know coming in in the middle uh, but we were um, there were. The writers were fantastic to work with. We had a wonderful time. And, you know, we were, you know, super jazzed uh, when, when we finally got the uh, word that uh, Tatiana Maslani was going to be narrating the project. And that just, like, set a new fire under everyone. And, uh, you know, we we uh, excitedly, you know, uh, saw, saw the project through the finish line.
2: Yeah, that was, one of my questions was, if you were, like, a fan of Orphan Black before you started working oh my on this god, project.
3: Yes. Oh my god! I was there. Uh, I was there in front of my TV on March 30th, 2013, to watch the <laughs> premiere of the first episode, and I stuck with it right to the end. And I, I went to work. Uh, I was working at Tor Books at the time, and I was telling my colleagues there, "You guys got to watch this show. You're not going to believe how cool it is." And when I mean, some of them took longer than others to give it a try, but and without exception, every time someone did, they'd come back to me and say, Oh, my God, you were right. This is, this is unbelievably <laughs> cool. So, yeah, so, so big fan of uh, the TV series. And, uh, you know, that stayed with me through uh, working on the podcast.
2: So do you feel like that really impacted your work on the show, like being a fan already?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I was invested in the story of these characters, you know, and, and, and I got to say, the writers are too. I mean, all the writers were fans of the, uh, of the TV series and all of them were invested in these characters and their stories. And we all, you know, worked very hard to try to, um, you know, bring, bring that enthusiasm into the project and do right by it, you know, because it was, it was something very important to us personally. And so, you know, we were, we were excited to be able to, you know, apply that enthusiasm professionally.
2: Yeah, um, for anyone joining, we're talking about Orphan Black, the next chapter of the podcast. Um, and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. So you can just search and you'll find it. <laughs> um, uh, my next question that I had for you was what are kind of like the processes behind the behind the scenes that maybe people don't know go into like making a show like this?
3: Right. So so we we approached this particular series in much the same way. Uh, you approach the production of, of a TV show. We you know we start out with a concept uh, that gets you know that that, that um, uh, you know get um, that that we end up hiring uh, a writers room to uh, to develop further. Um, you know, a, a, a writer's room basically means we've got like five or six writers all working together collaboratively to uh, put the story together and, and flesh it out and, and uh, uh, you know, make sure everything fits together properly. We took notes from the studio execs because this is their property and, you know, they get to bet every word that we put out there. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was a matter of uh, drafting, redrafting uh, pruning, uh, you know, uh, um, pumping up. We did, we did everything we needed to do over over several months. I think, yeah, over a number of months to make sure the project was as good as it could be. And then, you know, beyond that, once the once the script is finalized, we uh, send it off to uh, to production uh, for uh, you know copy editing and, and proofreading, and then uh, off to audio. For audio production, uh, you know, we got the casting, which that, that we that we the dream casting we wanted, um, and yeah, and then you know the project at that point, you know, kind of steps out of the hands of the writers, uh, writer and the producer, and and uh, uh, goes into the um, domain of, of the audio department. Although I, I remained involved, you know, to 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 help make sure uh, everything everything you know stayed on track and moved forward.
2: Yeah, that was what I that was my next question. What does it mean to be a producer <laughs> on a podcast? It, it,
3: it's basically herding cats. I <laughs> mean, you know, in a nutshell, but uh I it, more more specifically, I mean, you got you got you've got to um uh you're there from the very beginning to the very end um making sure that um, you know, uh everything that needs to be done gets done um that uh you know the the writers are are all um you know uh on the same page um that the um you know the schedules maintained everything the you know the trains are running on time you got to make sure the trains are running on time in one of these projects and and uh yeah being a producer is just uh, you know Stay on top of it all as best you can, you know? And in the case of something like this, of course, you've got the added pressure of, you know, it's not just uh, the writers and me and Realm that needs to, uh, uh, you know, be happy with the project. We also have to make the owners of Orphan Black happy. And the fans, you know? The, f- the fans are, are awesome. And they'll tell you when something isn't right. You know, and we're 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 very sensitive to that. Uh, I want to add, though, that even you know uh, talking about my job as a producer, I'd be nowhere without my colleagues at Realm. I mean, they are the most awesome team imaginable, and they are so supportive and so ready to pitch in. And they all know their jobs. they, they you know, from the content team to the audio department, to the uh, production department. Audience development team, the the executive team—they're all fantastic uh, colleagues, and and you know they're they're as much a reason as anyone for for this show making it to 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 uh, to where it is now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and it changed a lot. Like for anyone who hasn't listened, the first season was completely narrated by Tatiana, and. She did everything. She did the clone voices. She narrated. She did all the other voices. But for season two, um, Evelyn, Christian, and Jordan all joined. Can you talk a little bit about like how that all came to be? Because it's pretty right. cool. <laughs> so, so, uh,
3: you know, uh, um, anyone, and it doesn't matter if you've listened to uh, you know the first season or not. What's important to know is that Tatiana did everything in season one. She, she, and this was, you know written as long-form prose. It wasn't written as an audio drama script. Um, that's what we ended up doing in season two. But in the long-form prose version of, of season one, she did everything. She read it from start to finish. She did all the characters, whether they were clones or not, you know? And and it was a lot of work. And it was, you know, uh, a, an incredible lift for her, but she did it like like, like a trooper. She was absolutely amazing, um, but I think there there were two factors that played into the changes we made in season two. One is we well three factors. One is we decided to, to move into audio drama, right? Uh, we cereal box became realm, and uh, we we started to to um, uh, 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 redefine our approach to this sort of material. So we knew we wanted to do it as an audio drama. And um we knew we wanted to make it a little easier on Tatiana this time. So um we we decided that it would be fun to just take take things up a notch uh with season two. If we were going to do it as a, as an audio drama, to bring in cast members uh from the show uh to join Tatiana in reprising their roles. And that included at first just uh Jordan and Evelyn, and then uh we we kind of um uh, snuck in. Uh, Christian toward the end uh, to really to really amp things up and uh, they've just been absolutely fantastic working together again they work separately but together you know they're all they're all uh, working from the same script but they're all recording uh, the stories in different places so it's it's fun that they, they actually they don't get to play off each other which is kind of interesting. They're used to playing off each other, but this is a situation where they have to pretend to play off each other and we have to fit their their, uh, their recordings together. And, and that's, that's been an awesome uh, thing to, to watch unfold, I have to say.
2: Um, just reminding everybody who's joining and wondering what's going on, we're talking about Orphan Black, the next chapter podcast. Um, there's two seasons available. Episode three of season two is out today. Um, and it's free wherever you get your podcast. So you can go, go listen. And if you're if you haven't heard of it at all, and this is your first time, you have like quite a lot in store for you. So you can binge.
3: <laughs> yeah, please check it out. It's it's really a lot of fun. If you're a fan of the show, I think you're going to be a
2: fan of the podcast. Um, you mentioned the fans earlier, and like how obviously we want the fans to be happy. Um, did you feel like do you feel the pressure of the fans? Like how how does that like impact? <laughs> when you're making the
3: show. Okay, well, I mean, I'm, okay, a full disclosure, this is not my first rodeo with respect to like, you know, um, uh, working on properties that have been produced on TV or or movies and and turning them into something else. I used to work on Star Trek novels, I've done video games, uh, you know, Resident Evil and World of Warcraft. And, you know, one of the things you get uh, that gets drilled into you um, in 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 working on th- uh, third party IP, that's what we call it, um, or media tie-ins, um, is that um, you you have you definitely have to be mindful of you know who the audience is and what they like about the original property, and then you have to do your best to try to bring that to the work that you're doing. Um, it's it's not from the faint of heart. Um, you know, because like I said earlier, you know the fans are not hesitant about pointing out when you screw up. You know, but but we but in the case in the particular case of Orphan Black, it you know the 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 sheer amount of support that we got from all quarters, whether it was you know the 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 studio or um, or the cast itself, um, it it was absolutely fantastic. The the you know when the actors had notes about you know. Whether or not their character would actually say a certain line, we were like, "Yeah, okay. I mean, you know better than we do, and we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll take that note." Um, so so it was a truly collaborative process, and uh, and yeah, um, you know, I think I think the fans will will come to understand that that we really did this with love, and not and not you know, um, not not just as a job.
2: Yeah. Someone actually one of the fans just asked, what are some challenges of doing a podcast that fans might not understand or recognize?
3: Um Yeah, well that that that's true about any third party IP, you know, project that you work on. I mean, obviously the, the you hope for the widest audience possible when you do something like this, but you also recognize that the main audience is going to be people who are familiar with the TV show. Um what I think t- works in our case is that even if you didn't watch the TV show, I think if you came into season one of the next chapter and and started and, you know, that was your first uh, exposure to Orphan Black, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't take you long to, to figure out what the situation was, and 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 where it came from. We we do we do a fair amount of referencing to things that happened on the TV show to kind of ground people in the world that they're in. So um, so yeah, I think I think a non fan could actually uh, uh, get a lot of entertainment pleasure out of out of our podcast. Island in Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Are
2: there are there things you can kind of tease about, like maybe for people who haven't even listened to season one? Right. like what would what like what can you tell them that might entice them to be like yeah? Well, it's,
3: <laughs> it's it the, the podcast is set eight years after the end of the TV series, so everybody's a little older, um, and and their lives have changed a bit. You know, some of them some of their lives have changed more than others, um, and, and that was a really interesting thing to explore. Um, we we um, one of the cool things that that uh, is. I'll I'll talk about uh, in connection with that is that, you know, we got only a couple of glimpses of Rachel in uh, season one, but what we saw was very enticing and very telling. I mean, Rachel had gone through probably some of the, some of the hardest changes to her character um, uh, since uh, um, the end of the TV series, but she also remained Rachel throughout it. And when we catch up to her, you know we can kind of see um uh, you know a, a hint of, of of that journey that that she's she's been on and in uh in season two, we actually like explore that way further uh she's she has a much bigger role in uh in in season two, and uh, there are some scenes coming up that I just can't wait for people to listen to because uh, they're, they're they're just they're just amazing in the way that they um, uh, you know show the evolution of her character and a lot of the other characters.
2: Yeah, we had um, so for anyone who might have missed it, we did like a reunion panel with the cast um, a few weeks ago, and um, you can find it on YouTube. And one of the questions that they asked. The cast was like. Were you surprised by any places like where your characters right. went? So I'm going to ask you the same thing. Were you, since you were a fan, were you kind right. of like, was there any surprises when you were working on season one? You were like, oh, this is, or or maybe well, just like the
3: fact, just the fact that that it was uh, being set eight years later. You know that that had um, huge implications for for a couple of the characters like Kira and Charlotte, who in the TV series were children um and in our uh podcast they are uh you know older teenagers now um so so them you know uh, writing those characters as adults and figuring out you know where they were in their lives was uh was really a revelation to me uh particularly given the role that they play in you know i mean i mean season 1 I, I don't know. Should I spoil this? Yeah, I may as well. Uh, in season one, there's a big game changer, which is that the clones are exposed to the world. Everybody knows that they exist. About And it happens about halfway through the season. And um, there's lots of other stuff going on, so there isn't a lot of time to explore the fallout of that. That's what season two is about. Um, but what what is interesting about the the uh, clones become you know being revealed and being exposed to the world is that it it was Kira and Rachel who chose to make that happen without you know getting the consent of the sestras or any other clones who ended up being exposed in the process. And, um, yeah, it, it was a, a, a huge involuntary outing of nearly 300 women. And and uh, uh, season two um, is really uh, digging deep into that.
2: Um, so I guess this is, like, also a slight spoiler, but someone asked a question about Kasima um, and Delphine being parents yes. in season two. And are we going to see, like, any more insight into them as parents?
3: Oh yes, oh yes. Uh, there, there's some really. Be- uh, there's a, there's a couple of really beautiful scenes coming up about that. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much. Um, they do go. Let me. Th- we're, we're up to episode three now. Yeah, episode three. Let. Uh, I'm trying to remember when it. Uh, it it's an episode five that uh, they go to a childbirth class, and we get to see what that's like for them, uh, especially given what is um, going on in the world with respect to clones
2: so someone asked where you can listen to the podcast and you can get it anywhere that you can find podcasts you can do apple spotify um any of your podcatcher kind of apps that you use should work on um, youtube um, so anywhere on there you just search orphan black the next chapter you should find it um pretty easily so um, okay, another, I think this is my last question for you, and then we'll take we'll take more, like, audience questions so people can sure keep sending things. But um, what other, pro, like, what other podcasts are you working on oh, at um, Realm that, that, that Clone Club might be like, sure, cool. I want to listen to this? <laughs> cool.
3: Uh, well, earlier this year, I did another uh, uh, media Italian project called uh, Batman the Blind Cut which is about uh, the Batman character. And he in it, he teams up with um, uh, the, uh, one of the magical characters of the DC Universe, Zatanna. And, you know, Zatanna and Batman in this story are on equal footing. And in some ways, I think, you know, because it's a magical problem that they're facing, Zatanna really has the edge on, on Batman. But it's an awesome story uh, written by Catherine M. Valenti, Martin Cahill, and uh, K. Arsenault Rivera. And uh yeah, that's that's available only on Realm's platform. Uh so please subscribe to that if if you're interested in that story. Um, but in terms of other podcasts, uh we've also I also uh started recently hosting uh Tales Beyond Time, which is an anthology show uh that features um, you know, short fiction that uh Realm picked up over the course of 2019 and 2020. And now we've you know, we've got about 130 stories, approximately, that uh, we're we're uh, going to be releasing in podcast form. And uh, the show, again, is called Tales Beyond Time, and I'm the host. I'm basically, you know, the Rod <laughs> Serling of, of our particular Twilight Zone.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, people who like Orphan Black w- like sci-fi and like sci-fi, things that make you think, and a lot of these stories are, like, those kinds of stories.
3: Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, like no, investigate. I, I think... I definitely think I definitely think that uh, uh the the orphan black audience will uh get a lot out of the stories that uh I was able to curate for tales beyond time they're they're um they're really thought provoking they're they're uh they're diverse they they ask a lot of uncomfortable questions a lot of the times uh they don't always answer them but uh you know that's how you start conversations it's just by asking questions and and that's important. Um, and the writers we've got are just amazing. We've got, you know, uh, writers like Max Gladstone, excuse me, Max Gladstone, P. Jelly Clark, Kat Valenti, um, uh, Kate Elliott, uh, Isabel Yap, um, uh, Tanana Reeve Do. I mean, I could go on and on. We've yeah. got a lot of. Really amazing, talented writers. Ken Liu. We got uh, um, George Decay narrated a couple of Ken Liu stories for us. They were in episode two. Um, yeah, there's horror, science fiction, and fantasy. It's a it's it's a fun show to work on. And yeah, I hope people will try it because there's a lot of really awesome material in it.
2: Um, someone said thank you for the podcast. So thank you for the podcast, Marco. You're welcome. Um, for anyone who just Anyone who just joined, we're talking about Orphan Black the Next Chapter, the official continuation podcast of the show. There's two seasons out now. So if you haven't listened to the first season, which Tatiana narrated the whole thing and you're just like, I want to listen to Tatiana talk to me, um, that you can binge the whole thing, hours of Tatiana's voice in your ear. And then for season two, Christian and Evelyn and Jordan also joined. And it's like it's super fun to see them. Um, like we have some behind the scenes videos that that are going to come out, and it's pretty cool to see them back doing their characters.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it really is. I mean, I got to tell you, I you know, part of my job is to listen to, you know, the first draft audio cuts that we make of the episodes with the, you know, sound effects and the music added in and all the audio spliced together. And the rush that I get from seeing this story performed by the orphan Black cast, it never Dies. It's uh, every new episode I get to listen to. I get such a rush uh, hearing hearing uh, hearing these guys working together again. Uh, it's really wild, especially knowing I had a hand in it.
2: Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. Especially since you're a fan of the show. Totally. Um this this could be like a controversial question, but do you have like a favorite clone or a character that you're wow just, that you, you love? Know, <laughs> I mean, they're all
3: oh, great. That, that's, that's the worst question to ask an Orphan Black fan. Which is People have, oh. I know,
2: everybody, maybe it doesn't have to be a clone, maybe a non-clone. <laughs> wow.
3: They're all so awesome. I mean, no. you
2: know, I mean, they're they're just... What about, what about the new clones? Because uh,
3: yeah, there are yeah. a few so, new so clones. We do have, we do have new yeah. clones, right? I mean, Orphan Black made a tradition of introducing new clones, you know, uh, aside from the main ones in Clone Club. Every season, um, so so we, we figured, you know, it was important for us to do the same. So in season one, we introduced uh, Vivi Valdez, who's an American clone from a younger generation that was grown in the United States. And um, she, um, um, you know, is a CIA agent who is in Toronto on an assignment before she finds out what she is and uh you know season one explores a lot of you know her journey in finding out who she is and 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 meeting uh you know clone club and and realizing she doesn't really like them and doesn't really you know uh appreciate the fact that that uh, you know they uh, they do things the way they do you know because she's looking at at the situation from a completely different perspective and has her own priorities and you, you know she's not She's, in season one, she's not really a team player and, uh, and, and basically, you know, does her own thing. Um, in season two, we get to introduce um, a, uh, you know, a, a, a mogul, a, a wellness guru, who's a clone named Blythe Winston. And uh, she's, I'll, I'll, uh, this isn't spoiling things, I, I think, to say that she, she is our primary antagonist in season two. Uh, Although, you know, it may not be super obvious, you know, um, in, in, um, you know, at at episode three, where we are right now. But it's also not much of a spoiler to say she's, she's, she's the primary antagonist. And, uh, you know, uh, revealing more and more about her as the uh, uh, series on, as the season unfolds is really cool. Uh, she's got an interesting story, and I think uh, fans are going to enjoy learning what that story is. Um, one other interesting tidbit about clo- about the clones in in season two there are um, there are about twenty between twenty two and twenty five different. Clones with speaking roles in this season, and tatiana does them all and you know unsurprisingly of course but um she she um she manages to differentiate all of them with with different accents and different different timbers and and affectations um it's 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 a miracle to 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 hear I was about to say it's a miracle to watch, but of course I' do that.
2: <laughs> So did you get, do you, do the writers give her any kind of like guidance as to like what the clone might sound like? I can't remember. I, I feel like yeah, I, I mean, you know we, we,
3: we had some discussions in the writer's room about, you know, what, uh what, what the clone's personality, what the new clone's personalities were like and, and what their attitudes were, um you know, what their, what their accents might be. Um, and and we you know communicated those uh, when we transmitted the um, a, the um, script for audio. Um, uh, but even even so, you know there there are questions that you know uh, get asked along the you know uh, later in the process that you know we didn't prepare answers for, so we had to make them up on the fly. <laughs> like you, you know Natalie, we need to figure out what what kind of voice to give Natalie, who is Blythe's assistant, and. Um, I had to think of, you know, what to do, what 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 what, she, what what Tatiana could do to differentiate her voice that wouldn't require a lot of effort, because uh, we didn't want to make it super hard for her to do to do these ancillary characters. So I, I suggested I think on the fly that you know she could give her a slight Southern accent, which I I don't I I, I I'm still pretty sure Tatiana hasn't done a clone with a Southern accent before, so this felt you know like a good way to to uh, differentiate this particular character from the others
2: I like that you thought that wouldn't be hard like I would be <laughs> like um excuse me well I
3: mean you know she doesn't
2: have that many lines she just needs
3: to give it you know a, a slight lilt right I mean yeah you know, um, yeah yeah so again she and Natalie' is an ancillary character not 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 a primary one so yeah
2: someone someone in the comments said they like Natalie yeah
3: yeah i'm i'm glad to hear that you know i i i i uh i'm yeah i, I i'll be very interested to know you know as as uh, the audience uh you know gives us feedback you know wh- which characters they liked which ones didn't work for them all that stuff because that that's that's valuable feedback and we'd love hearing about it um but well, there's something else i wanted to say about that now I, I
0: can't remember what it is yeah but
2: lots of um obviously back obviously lots of comments talking about how great tatiana is which we all agree Mm.
1: um
2: but do like it does seem like it would be extra challenging for her to differentiate between the clones with her voice only when she doesn't have the extra things do you feel like do you feel like it's i mean it's definitely not i don't know i'm I don't know how she could possibly do it with like, but like, because people, like even today, I think someone tweeted and they were like, I don't understand how she's voicing all these clones and it's like literally just her voice. Well,
3: you you know, it's funny you should say that because in episode three, there's a moment where, you know, there's the clone call and all the different, all everybody in in clone club is talking to each other on a a video chat and uh, just listening to them talking back and forth in rapid succession—it was just one of the wildest listening experiences I'd ever had because I realized that's all one person, you know. And um, but but the way the way I believe—and uh, I hope I'm getting this right because you know I'm not in the audio department and I'm not, not there for the nuts and bolts of that. But the way I, I believe Tatiana has said that it was done is that she basically recorded um, all the sour lines in one. Yeah shot, and then all the Rachel lines and all the Cosima lines, et cetera, et cetera, so that she could stay in the voice without, you know, without having to shift back and forth. Um, so, so I think that's, you know, that's the way, you know, it had to work. Um, because the, the idea of her trying to switch back and forth, um, uh, during a clone call, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm willing to lay odds. She could pull it off, but. Yeah. She shouldn't have to, right? right? I mean, we should try to make this as easy for her as possible.
2: But now I'm just imagining her doing
3: it. Imagine her doing it on TV. That would be even <laughs> right.
2: Wow. Um, someone like asked it Putting them back on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like a really quick, it's like SNL, but like she's just running back. Right, 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 right. She needs um, to get on SNL. She definitely needs to get on Someone that. said that was one of the best um, uh, scenes in episode three.
3: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I liked it a lot,
2: and episode um, three's got
3: a lot going for it.
2: Someone someone else asked if there's any um, Helena and Delphine scenes. I can't remember
3: <laughs> Helena Delphine scenes
2: uh, or interactions. Uh, maybe at the very end.
3: Maybe yes. I think you're right. Thank you for thank you for that. That that, uh, that yeah, there 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 may be there may be one at the very end. You know, that, that one of the challenging things, of course, is that you want to come up with interesting combinations of characters, but at the same time, there are so many freaking characters. You know, I mean, this is a huge ensemble. Um, you know, even though it's a relatively small cast, because Tatiana does so many of the roles, um, it's a, it's a huge ensemble cast, and you know, we have to we have to make sure that. Um, you know, we do justice to as many of them or all of them um, as we can. Um, so, um, you know, it's not always possible to find, you know, um, favorite combinations that that you know we can create a scene for because it has to it has to serve the story, and that's what we put first.
2: Um, just a reminder, because some but he said they just came in and they don't know what's happening. (laughs) We're talking about Oregon Black, the next chapter, the official podcast continuation. You can go and find it anywhere. You um, can listen to podcasts on Apple, Spotify, um, any of those places, YouTube, and um, you can listen to it. And so there's two seasons. We're in the middle of season two right now. Um, Someone asked if there was like a clone from the, I think it was a clone specifically from the show that you wish you had been able to like utilize in the podcast? Hmm.
3: Well, Crystal didn't get to make uh, uh, an appearance in season two. Sorry, Crystal fans. I'm spoiling that now. Um, I would have loved to bring her back. We managed to work her into the uh, season one epilogue uh, when we brought back Jordan to do like one little bit. At the very, very end, it was like a coda to to the entire season, and uh, and Crystal was the clone uh, uh, featured in that scene. Uh, I would have liked to have utilized her again in season two, but we didn't we didn't find uh, uh, you know the we didn't find a way to fit her in. Uh, which, yeah, that that that's probably my one
0: regret in that regard.
2: Are there any specific like? character interactions like that one person wanted to know about helena and delphine are there any favorites that you have (laughs) like that you were like i just really wanted to see these two i'm like really happy we got to get to see these two characters i I
3: was i was made to to realize recently i didn't I, i i can't take credit for this observation uh it never occurred to me before but i was made to realize recently that uh uh rachel and helena have never had a scene together at least that i can Recall, that I can recall. Uh, I would love to see the two of them have a scene together but again that's not going to happen in season 2 either I'm afraid. Um, but but yeah that's that that's that's an
0: interesting pairing I think.
2: I really liked I think is in episode 2 the Kasima and uh, Rachel scenes at the when they're on the TV show like the morning show yeah. together.
3: Yeah yeah yeah. Those were just fun. <laughs> yeah, I I, I enjoyed uh, uh, you know when we, when when those uh, uh, sequences were being written, I really enjoyed reading them and and listening to them uh, performed. Uh, I think I think it was really gratifying because we we thought yeah th- this is an interesting moment because again it's it it it, um, it it was another glimpse into Rachel's evolution, but at the same time it also you know and it's a moment of like surprise for Cassina because. You know, she's not used to, you know, uh, Rachel, um, uh, you know, trying, uh, coming to her defense, you know. Um, It's not, it's not, it's not what she's known for. And, uh, but, but, you know, eight years have gone by, you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, uh, the way characters have changed. I want to remind, you know, I, I think it's good to remind the audience that when you're doing a story set eight years after the characters were last seen, we have to come, we have to expect, you know a certain amount of evolution. You know, you want to make and that's and that's the tightrope you have to walk writing and producing a show like this is um, you want the characters to be familiar and relatable, but you also don't want people to think that they've just been stagnating for 8 years, you know, and remaining exactly the same. Right.
2: You know, so it's
3: it's a it's a fine line to walk, but I think I think our writers pulled it off.
2: Um, I think so too. I love season 2. <laughs> I'm excited! I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Is there um you you've already teased a lot about season two? Is there anything else that we haven't talked about? Like we talked a little bit about Cosima and Delphine scenes right. that are coming
3: up, right?
2: I I yeah I I, I want people to
3: to uh, uh look forward to some really really what I think are really really beautiful and and powerful character moments for a lot of these characters. Uh, you mentioned Kasima and Rachel on television. They have another moment coming up together that I can't wait for people to, 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 to listen to. Um there's uh some great Helena stuff coming down the pipe. There's uh some awesome Sarah stuff. Um and uh and and again, um um, R- Rachel, uh, we, we made up for, uh, you know, the, the, uh, scarcity of Rachel in season one. And, uh, you know, not that she takes over season two by any stretch, she get she does get more, uh, airtime and, uh, what there is of her is, is pretty awesome. I think.
2: Somebody asked if Art and Priyantha are a couple in season two. If what? If Art and Priyantha are a couple.
3: Oh yes, they are. They are still a couple.
2: That's what I thought. I thought yeah. so. I thought there was some yeah. mention of yeah, it. It's Cheshire.
3: It's, it's, casual. it's, it's the, um his, his girlfriend's name is Jeshara. Oh. Right. Yeah. Someone
2: yeah. said That's okay. That's <laughs> Jeshara or Jay, either way. Yeah. Um. Cool. Oh, some people said they like what they're hearing. Great. If you Great. like what you're hearing... <laughs> um you can find uh we're kind of running out of we're we're at the end of our time here but um you already find, wow That's, i know yeah oh there's so much to talk about so maybe <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try to have some more of these throughout the season awesome um, and get to keep talking about as the season goes because there's only three episodes out so far so there's still a lot to happen <laughs> Um,
3: I hope people keep listening because uh, it it keeps getting better and better this season. I I I can't wait for them to uh, listen to the rest of it. Um, and, and yeah, please, you know, uh, reach out to, re- reach out to Realm or to me on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Uh, you know, the the Twitter account for Realm is Realm Media, and my Twitter handle is mx palmieri.
2: Yeah. And we're on Instagram too, obviously. Um, Marco is on the realm account. So if you follow us there, we have more orphan black content coming up for sure. Um, and for anyone who didn't hear, we're talking about orphan black, the next chapter podcast, you can look anywhere you get podcasts, you can just Google it, you know, put it in, you'll fit, you'll find it orphan black podcast, any of those ways you can find it. Um, Listen to the whole first season narrated by Tatiana and then season two has Christian and Evelyn and Jordan also. And it's just like full cast and it's awesome. So I hope anybody who didn't know about it now checks it out. And thanks Marco for taking the time and answering everyone's questions. Thank you, this was a lot
3: of fun. And thanks to everybody who, who joined who joined in to, to listen to me yammer on. It's,
2: yeah, um, and thanks for all the questions. Like such great questions and comments and- um, Yes, thank you. I hope everyone has a great weekend. It's Friday, so. Right
0: back at you. <laughs> Bye. It's Marco again, back with that extra bonus I promised you. Now that season two of Orphan Black, the next chapter is over, you're probably looking for that next show you can get obsessed with. Marigold Breach reunites Jamila Jamil and Manny Jacinto from The Good Place in a sci-fi adventure with a lot of heart. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey, it's Manny Jacinto. It's Jamila Jamil. Here's, Here's the, the trailer, trailer for our, our new show, Marigold Breach. Breach. Ah! Uh, sit, Rep then. Tell me you're overhead.
2: okay. Brace yourself, my love. Crash impact is projected as... What?
1: Fatal. I'll dampen your pain.
2: No, 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 keep me alert. If we only have two minutes, I want two minutes together. We knew how this would end when we changed sides. A crash site. Huh? This medical capsule is housed within a Marigold-class cruiser that crashed at least several decades ago. Decades? How long were we in there? Apparently, I'm blocking your memory. You are? Yes.
1: You're... doing this? Yes. Why?
2: I don't know. Apparently, I'm blocking mine, as well.
1: Burn my memories. I, I, I don't care. I don't I don't want to feel any of those feelings. I want to move on. Well, we can't. Yes, we can. We left something behind. What? Oh, what does that mean? I don't want to tell you.
3: We'll find out who I am. If I'm in danger, I won't come back. I'll leave the valley forever.
1: Weapons down! Now! Now! loss, unrecoverable. Contact severed. Sensory input, unavailable. Alone, alone, unrecoverable. Ben, Ben, where are you? We'll cross this planet a dozen times if we have to. We'll find her or die trying.
3: I know the scent of your hair
1: and the warmth of your breath. Somewhere in your memory, you know mine. Realm presents Marigold Breach, starring Jamila Jamil and Manny Jacinto. Get early access and ad-free listening at Realm Plus on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please follow and share this podcast with your friends. Realm is your portal to another world. Listen away.